our watches, as I said before, are made for eternity. And we really want to make sure that we play our part, that there is still an eternity and a healthy planet in which our watches can be worn. Hello and welcome to our listeners. Since last episode, we are covering for two months different topics in the field of sustainability. And last year, I had a talk with IWC CMO Franziska Xell. We briefly talked about the topic and I'm excited to welcome today another strong IWC lady. With IWC's Global Sustainability Manager, Karina Poro, we're talking about the progress since last year, about what's up at IWC regarding sustainability and an outlook what's going to happen in the future. Hello, Karina. Nice to meet you. How are you? What's up? Hi, Pod. Thanks very much. I'm very well and I'm super happy to be here with you today. I'm happy to have you as my guest. Where are you? Are you in Schaffhausen, in the booth, in the world-famous IWC Partners in Time podcast recording studio? Exactly. This is where I'm sitting here. Very cozy, very nice. How's, how's the mood in Schaffhausen? Is it like, is everybody back to the office? Is it crowded? Is it busy? Is everybody happy with the year so far? We're kind of in the middle of the year. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's today especially is a very uh, busy day. So we have a bit more busy days, sometimes a bit less busy days, depending on when people are in home office. Of course, I think Friday is the, not the busiest day to be in the office, but uh, most people are back and it's great to be with colleagues again and uh, also exchange on a personal level. Where, where do you live, Karina? Do you live in Schaffhausen or are you like commuting? No, I'm commuting. I'm living uh, in Solikon. It's a small town out of Zurich, 10 minutes from the city. So I'm commuting every morning and I'm actually taking the car. But not very sustainable, you might think. But I am finally found the right electric car for myself. So I'm trying to commute sustainably. Which is nice, which is exactly the topic we're talking about. Because sustainability, it's been like a year when I talked about it. I think it's been a year ago, IWC CMO, Chief Marketing Officer Franziska Excel. I talked a lot about sustainability and she told me to call you. First of all, <laughs> what kind of watch are you wearing today? So today I'm wearing a Portuguese chronograph on a Timbertex strap. A what? What's a Timbertex? <laughs> A Timbertex strap is it's a strap that we launched in 2021, so last year. It's okay. basically a low-impact paper-based material uh, that the strap is made of, and it's composed of 80% natural plant fibers and is 100% colored with natural dyes, also fully handmade in uh, Italy. And so, that's yeah. the sustainable topic we were talking about. Exactly. So you try to find materials in the IWC world, mainly about watches, probably also packaging, right? Yes, I mean, well, the sustainability topic as such goes, I think, uh, a lot far beyond just the sustainability of the product or packaging. If we look into sustainability as an integral part of the company, it's from how we make our decisions, from how we source and where we source our materials to what is our footprint, what are we doing with our waste. It's basically everything. Also, the social impact is very important. So it goes far beyond the only the product and the packaging. How do you end up there? So so how, where did you, did you study? Yes, I studied geo resources management. That's a mix of mining and resources engineering and environmental management. 
And uh, then I did a Master of Science on top in fashion and luxury management, where I also not only got to know this special industry more in in detail, but I also had the possibility to take courses in sustainability in the luxury industry. And then the combination of both gave me the possibility to focus on this topic in this fantastic special industry uh, dealing with, you know, pressures, but also high risk materials such as gold and diamonds. That's very interesting. Where where did you study this? Because it feels like you you knew what kind of thing you want to do in your career, right? Like it, it's it's not a coincidence. It's not a very external. You studied something totally different. You really studied what you're doing today, right? Exactly. So. Well, when I started my georesources management studies, um, I had one professor that very much inspired me in that regard and who told us about the social and environmental risks in mining. And that was the moment where I thought, wow, I really need to work in that in that direction. I really want to make sure that industries and people can have a positive impact And that was my decision was made pretty early. And back in the time when I started my career in sustainability 10 years ago, people were looking at me and they were saying, what are you doing? I don't understand. So you're basically the, the good conscious, you know, the good feeling for the company. And, and there were also people that were basically laughing at me or thought, oh, you will never make a career in that topic. And uh, now look at the topic 10 years later. It's more important than it has ever been before for all companies in all industries. Full on. You probably get headhunter calls every week, right? <laughs> Don't say that out loud over here. <laughs> so um, where did you study? Sorry, I, I got to yeah. find that out. The georesources management I studied in Aachen, which is in the very western part of Germany, close to the Dutch border and close to the Belgian border. And in my master's, I studied in south of France, close to Nice. That's nice. Yes. Better than Aachen, probably. <laughs> the, the weather is better, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. And then when did you start working at LRVG? Straight after your studies, after your master? Or did you do something else before? No. So I got recruited at the, by that day, it's called SCHH, the Salon yeah. International de la Haute Hologerie, which is today Watches and Wonders, um, by our CFO, Here at IWC, we got into, you know, a conversation and uh, he hired me on the spot with my background and my passion and the way I wanted to move in sustainability. So I started you, my, yeah. It, 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 were you on like, why were you at SCHH? Were you trying to get a job or was that just coincidence? <laughs> It was very much coincidence because uh, our master's program is uh, the, the master's program there in the school in France is sponsored by Richard Mill. And oh. we were um, we got 10 tickets and we had to apply for the tickets. And I was one of the lucky ones who got a ticket. So and I was just by incidence at that time at the IWC booth because it was Top Gun, Top Gun theme. And they had this huge plane the Top Gun yeah. uh, fighter in, that, in, yeah. on, in their booth. And I was so impressed by this. And I wanted to get a picture in that fighter. And uh, so I've been sitting in there and I took the picture and then we kind of get got into a conversation. Yeah, sometimes life happens. <laughs> it's, it's very good because at the end, like I could imagine if you start with that topic in a company and you don't get the support of all levels, top level, but also like, Yeah, the lowest level people like they have to believe in change and they have to support you in what you do. Um, if you don't get that, you probably have to leave at one point because it's impossible 
to work without that support, right? So meaning if you stayed there for 10 years, you're 10 years now at AWC? Not quite. So I started 10 years ago and then I stayed for four and a half years. Okay. And then I decided that I would like to have a bit of a different view and perspective also on the topic, learning some, you know, things from other industries uh, to to broaden my knowledge, to get a more diverse backpack uh, of, of insights and knowledge. So yeah. I left IWC after four and a half years ago, after four and a half years. And I actually started working for a discounter, <laughs> a German discounter. So from from luxury to discount. and um, Really? Yes. That was uh, very interesting as well. I mean, it's a different client perspective you have on the sustainability topic because when you buy your food, you would like to know where your food is coming from. Where is your meat from? So the, the client perspective and demand to the topic has been a complete different one and gave me also fantastic learning in that regard. And after uh, working for a German discounter, I changed and I worked for the last two years in luxury fashion, uh, which was also very interesting because supply chains are much more diverse and uh, also complicated in terms of traceability and transparency. And um, since October last year, I'm back with IWC. Back to the family. Back home. Back home. That's yes. That's the way to do it. Do you think IWC clients are very interested in sustainability? Because you quoted the discounter. Clearly, you have to listen to the clients, to their wishes of more sustainability or more sustainable product sourcing. Do you think it's the same at IWC or is it maybe switched and more towards an internal you know, like uh, the company IWC wants to be sustainable and meeting like that demand. What's the difference there? Well, I mean, the difference as such is, of course, that working in FMCG or for, for, for this German discounter, it's a product consumers consume every day. Yeah. The watch, of course, you wear it on your wrist every day, but it's not a product you need to survive. The food we need every day. So there is a little difference for me. But then I like your question because for me, it's a mix of both. It's the ambition we have as IWC. I mean, our product is inherently sustainable, but we also want to make sure that it's produced in the most sustainable and responsible and transparent way. But at the same time, the client focus, the customer focus is getting more and more in that direction. People want to know where is the product coming from, the raw materials, how is it sourced, what's the environmental impact, what's the social impact of the product. And here they don't differentiate anymore between, let's say, a piece of meat and a watch at the end of the day because coming the next generations, the purchasing power of tomorrow grows up with a complete different mindset of consumerism on end of how they want their products to be produced. I agree 100%. And I do some clothing. So I do some call it fashion. I would say textile. <laughs> it's, it's not real fashion. But I do see that people are very interested where it's coming from, where it's sourced, mainly also the sustainable part of it. And But as for my kind of small uh, uh, yeah, fashion thing, I have to admit the most sustainable thing is not buying hoodies for me. You know? So that's the, that's the number one solution. So it must be hard to kind of fit the demands of customers that that want 
to buy a luxury brand for for example and and create something that's legacy and maybe give it to their kid children or something but still hit it with sustainable products so it's it's a big task you have ahead of you absolutely and i mean we can see that the demands are increasing to that and the good thing is that iwc is on that journey for 10 years that gives us quite a fantastic, uh, I would say, time that we already had to prepare for this. And we've been a pioneer in the industry for the last 10 years. And we have the ambition to be better and better because this is, it's, you're never done with sustainability. It's a never ending journey. And I think that's the most important thing to keep in the back of your head, because there's always something to improve when it comes to environmental impact and social impact and and it's a journey and it's a fantastic journey and i can say it within the last 10 years the support and the commitment to the topic here at iwc is massive i'm so proud to be part of this and to have a fantastic support like we have here internally from everyone what would you say iwc is the strongest in in those kind of Yeah, sustainability topics, if it's environmental diversity, whatever, you know, like, what do you think is IWC the strongest in? I think we are very strong in each part of sustainability uh, because it's, it's, sustainability is only done right when you uh, integrate all dimensions into a company strategy, really from taking care of the environment to taking care of our employees and Apart, apart from, you know, tackling environmental, social and governance topics, there's also another thing uh, that we need to look into, which is purpose. And I think that nowadays, you know, customers are fundamentally concerned with progress and, and future envisionment and not only previous achievements of a company. So that is something we need to keep in mind. And we cannot say, oh, we are doing better in, in sourcing than we do in people. This is... We, if we want to be successful in what we do, we need to tackle each topics at the same time, at the same level, and be, you know, overachieving in everything we do. That's a very good answer. And, and it's very interesting because I kind of thought about before we talked about it, what's going to be the focus, you know, because normally in marketing and product at IWC, there's a focus on Big Pilot or there's a Portuguese focus or, uh, yeah, whatever's ha happening product-wise, you know, so we can talk about products. There, there will be some stuff where on the product itself, there's going to be innovation, right? So like new materials, new sourcing, new different ways of making a watch, right? But also it's interesting that you straight up say like, yeah, but in this topic, you can't focus. You can't mm. say the next five months we take care of uh, environment and the next five months following we do diversity or <laughs> and then we do purpose or whatever. So it has to be, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's hard to tackle all those different topics at once, right? But you have to and that's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Exactly. And it's only possible when you have the right commitment. And as I said before, we have that commitment internally, not only from top management, but also from our employees internally. So it's only possible to, you know, tackle the topics and equally if, if you also have the commitment and, and, um, and the man and the woman power behind it. Perfect. Is there another sustainability report? Because I read the last one. It was very interesting. Uh, Francisca sent it over uh, after it got released. Is there another one this year? Yes, 
Definitely. So uh, our while we are talking, we are very close to launching our next sustainability report, um, which will be yeah, in a couple of weeks. And what is exciting about is that we are presenting it in a new format since we are changing the way we report. So we want to make our activities more visible. We want to make this report easier to read, more understandable also for our customers, for everyone else, of course, too. We want to engage on this, everyone around us on this journey, to be with us on this journey. And we want to onboard a wider audience on this journey. So what we're going to do is this report will come out in a kind of a magazine style that is uh, more emotional, more storytelling, where we will really show small side stories of the people working behind sustainability and make this topic a bit more easy to understand and easy to read because actually sustainability can be very dry and very technical. <laughs> And there's also like, there's new standards coming up probably, right? And certification, because that's an ongoing process as well. I just know it out of textile production, it's a complete, like, it's changing every three, four months or something. Is that the same with IWC and the sustainability report? We will continue to report after the global reporting um, index, the GRI index, which is an international stand reporting um, standard in that sense. What we're going to do is surely we're changing the frequency. So we will change from BNL uh, reporting to yearly reporting. That's already one step further in the reporting and transparency journey. Um, what's the long-term goal in, in this whole thing for IWC? I would say the most high-level long-term goal and At the same time, the most important one is to make sure that there is a future planet to live in for our kids and their children. You know, our watches, as I said before, are made for eternity. And we really want to make sure that we play our part, that there is still an eternity and a healthy planet in which our watches can be worn. So our long-term goal is therefore to be a company with purpose that engineers the most responsible luxury watches in the most transparent way. Okay, that, that's a good goal. I have a couple of, I could talk forever about sustainability, but I want to learn a little bit more about you because I've asked a couple of people in the streets of Schaffhausen and they told me that you're a secret chef, that you're good in cooking. <laughs> like, what, what? why is everybody super excited about all the cooking stuff that you guys do and how do I get invited? How, can <laughs> I, how do I get it on that list? Because it seems like, is that your passion? Cooking? Yes, cooking and throwing dinner parties. <laughs> really? Yes. Well, when did that start? That started, half of my family's from America and um, my cousin used to live in Rotterdam, which is not very far from Aachen where I studied. So my sister and I, we studied together and we used to drive over to Rotterdam for Thanksgiving. And I was so I, I so loved there were those moments when we all came together and my cousin's husband made that fantastic turkey that once they moved back to the States, I wanted to make sure that we keep on continue or we continue this tradition. So I started organizing those how we called them. We didn't call them Thanksgiving because, I mean, we're not in the States. Uh, I'm not an American citizen. So we called them turkey tangos. <laughs> Turkey Tango. Turkey Tangos. <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> yes. 
And that's actually how it started. And since then, we have a fixed date with around, depending between 15 and 20 people, closest friends, family, and uh, I cook. I love that. And can you cook for 21 people? This I year? can. Just I can. One. You're invited, Paul. The next one, I send you the date. <laughs> <laughs> and where is it happening? At your house or? Yes, exactly. So uh, in Solicon, uh, at my house, I have my husband who supports me very well and a dog yeah. that is sitting right, you know, right next to me waiting for the turkey, for some turkey pieces to fall down. Uh, and what's the secret of the uh, famous Karina turkey? Is it deep fried? Is it out of the oven? Is it you have to give me one thing? Because <laughs> turkey is really hard to cook. And all the Americans, I live in the States, and they really take their turkey business very, very serious, especially <laughs> for Thanksgiving. And I'm failing hard. I did di different things. I tried to deep fry it even. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a mess. It was we had to clean up for days. What's the secret? Tell me about it. Well, my secret is, and I got it from my cousin's husband, who's from Texas. I don't know if this is a Texas thing, but it's, um, so I cream the turkey first with butter inside and outside. What? And then, yes, <laughs> it's butter <laughs> inside and outside and then okay. bacon stripes on top. Okay. And then I have, um, you know, kind of a foil over it. And only the last, the last 30 minutes, I really have it full temperature without the foil to protect so that the bacon doesn't burn. That's the secret. Okay. That, that really <laughs> helped me out. And I'm going to be on the footstep uh, of, of your house uh, because like everybody I talked to was like, this is the best of the best we've ever been. And it's very good. And um, would that be something, because I, I asked my guests also, If you had, if you would have had more time, because like, I feel like all of us, we, we kind of are looking for more time for something that we deeply care about or something we want to do. Like if you would have had free time extra, couple of hours a day or maybe a week in a year, what would you use it for? Well, if you would ask my personal trainer, I'm sure she would say more sports. <laughs> But uh, personally, I think, uh, That's a tricky question because I have two things that I would love to do. First thing is I would love to uh, study, go back to university and study and uh, follow my dream being, you know, a veterinarian and and um, caring for street animals around the world really? and rescue them. That would be would have been my second choice in, you know, in becoming a veterinarian. But also I would love to be back on a horse again. I used to be a very passionate horse rider for 25 years until time and life kept me from doing it. So that's definitely something I would do with uh, with some extra time. And would that also be like if you could stop at any moment in your life so far? Like meaning what was the best? Where were you the most happy? This would be definitely one exactly one year ago at my wedding day in Ibiza where we were in a very we had a very intimate circle of our closest friends and my family around us and you know after we had to postpone the wedding and after an odyssey of this pandemic we were for the first time all traveling again uh, we were partying for the first time in over a year we were just enjoying life we were celebrating the love of everyone at this weekend we were you know just feeling free and we just felt some normality again 
So the relief of this finally happening after one and a half years of uncertainty, but also the exuberance and happiness of everyone on that weekend. There was such an incredible experience and feeling to see the people you love so happy where I would have loved to stop time there. Sounds amazing. It sounds <laughs> even better than the Thanksgiving. The turkey? Uh, a part of it, <laughs> than the turkey. That's like, yes. it, it seems like you can throw a party. Yes, I mean, we have, if you want to join, we have a rooftop Ibiza white party in June. Ah, <laughs> uh, in, in Zurich? Or in, in Zurich, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to change my travel plans to <laughs> try to to do that, to be honest. It's super inspiring to talk to you. And it's very, very good that uh, that you keep following your, your kind of passion, I would say. Because that's what I feel 100% that you're passionate about the planet. You're passionate about um, yeah, making a change. And I honestly think the biggest change you can do is in industry and the way we produce goods and the way we do uh, stuff. And it's very interesting that you were at the discounter. You went into fashion and then uh, now in, in watches. And it's insanely inspiring what you do. And I hope some of the listeners think the same. Thanks uh, for telling me all of that. And um, and please send me over that sustainability report I because I really want to wanna see the new format. I, I really think it's interesting. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank Likewise. you very much. Likewise. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.